pace of life in the 21st century has created info storms that overwhelm our senses. Is believing in some of the sensationalist things we see actually quite a rational response? It's commonplace to say that we're all deluged by more information than we can possibly handle. Less commonplace is the acknowledgement that human judgments also rely upon secondary information that doesn't come from any external source, and that offers one of the most powerful tools we possess for dealing with the deluge itself. This source is social information. In other words, what we think other people are thinking. That quote comes from an article uh, from the BBC called Why We Believe Fake News by Tom Chatfield from September 2019. And I think this is an important starting point for this studio and where we want to begin this week, thinking about why reading is so critically important for us as writers. Let's take a listen to some more stuff from this particular piece. Um, the author writes, consider a simple scenario. You're in a crowded theater when suddenly people all around you start panicking and looking for an exit. What do you do and why? Your senses inform you that other people are moving frantically. But it's the social interpretation you put on this information that tells you what you most need to know. These people believe that something bad is happening and this means you should probably be trying to escape too. At least that's one possible interpretation. It may be the case that you or they are mistaken. Perhaps there's been a false alarm or part of the performance has been misunderstood. Reading social information accurately is an essential skill and one most of us devote an immense amount of effort to practicing. Indeed, wondering what's going on inside someone else's head is one of humanity's greatest fascinations, alongside trying to influence it. So that's the end of the, uh, the article quote. And so I just wanted to address this with you all and say, you know, ask you this question, well, what does this have to do with us? In You Write 1104, the ability to critical read, to critically read, interpret, and analyze texts is at the heart of everything we do. When you find a source and you want to use it in your podcast, you have to critically assess that source and make sure it works in the way you are hoping for your ideas to work in your own composition. When you compose your podcasts, your audience is going to be critically reading you, asking questions like, where did this claim come from and why should I believe this person? Reading, and not just reading, but reading well, is something needed by our society and our culture right now. I'm all for technology, I love it, but it has made us a little bit complacent. It has made us think that the answer to all of our questions is right at our fingertips, and in a way it is. If you want to know how to install a toilet, I can watch a YouTube video about that. If I need to know what time the local aquarium opens, that information is just a few clicks away. But what if I need to know about heavier things? What if I need to find information about Alzheimer's disease because my parent is demonstrating signs? What if I need to make critical choices about what state I want to live in or work in? What if I need to decide what school to send my child to? How do we make these choices? This is where critical reading can play a part. 
And the only way to get better at this is to do it a little bit, is to do it all the time. We have to get better at reading, myself included. I used to consume books like they were Krispy Kreme donuts when I was a kid. Today, I've barely read a book a year. Most of my reading time is spent with stuff from my job, which is great, but I need to do more reading. What do I read? I read a lot of tweets. I read a lot of article headlines. I read a lot of Instagram posts. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. These things are all good and can be good, and I optimistically hope that they will help us and not harm us, but we have to stay vigilant as readers. Uh, trigger warning for this next bit. Um, this news story is from PBS, and I want to share it, uh, but it contains a recount of a violent event from 2016. Um, so if you do not want to hear about that, please skip ahead in the podcast about three minutes, um, and that should avoid uh, any potentially triggering events being recollected here uh, if you don't want to listen to those things. So this piece is from uh, PBS News, The Very Real Consequences of Fake News. This is from uh, December 5th, 2016. On Sunday afternoon, a 28-year-old man walked into a Washington, D.C. ping-pong bar and pizzeria. He was carrying an AR-15 assault rifle, hardly standard-issue hardware for a round of table tennis. He fired one or more shots as people fled Comet ping-pong before surrendering to police officers. No one was injured. Edgar Madison Welch told police he had traveled from his home in Salisbury, North Carolina to the nation's capital to investigate a pre-election conspiracy theory wherein Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton allegedly led a child trafficking ring out of Comet Ping Pong. A false claim started by, you guessed it, fake news. And there is a link here to a brief history of how hashtag Pizzagate was born. Incidents like the hashtag Pizzagate shooting signify just one step in a long, dark trail of real-world consequences caused by fake news, one that started well before this year. Fake news, once confined to satire or the fringe bowels of the internet, has quickly become a contender for the most influential phrase of the year. Following Donald Trump's surprise election, story after story has questioned the role that fake news played in swaying voters, and for good reason. A BuzzFeed analysis found fake election news outperformed total engagement on Facebook when compared to the most popular election stories from 19 major news outlets combined. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg described this allegation as a, quote, pretty crazy idea before ultimately announcing to move to deter a move to deter misleading news. Later, Facebook and Google took steps to keep fake news sites from collecting revenue from their ad platforms. To some degree, Zuckerberg's initial stance was warranted. A panel of experts told the NewsHour that it would be nearly impossible to prove that phony stories swayed the U.S. election in one direction or another based on current research. On the flip side, they said, incidents like the hashtag Pizzagate shooting signify just one step in a long, dark trail of real-world consequences caused by fake news. One that started well before this year, they argued that emerging technology may stem the tide of garbage news in the near future, and they highlighted one solution that already exists. Uh, and the article goes on to describe uh, another example of, of a, pr a past uh, incident of this happening with the Ebola virus. 
And that's the end of the quote from the article. Uh, so I just wanted to end this uh, studio by having you think about, um, you know, for us as writers trying to get better at writing, one way for us to do this is to read, read, read. Read all the time. Read everything. And when we read something, don't take it at face value. Think for yourself. It is okay to think for yourself. I cannot stress this enough. Your ideas matter, your voice matters, your brain matters. Please don't believe everything that you see and hear online, every tweet, every post, uh, even things you hear from me. Honestly, you should probably question me most of all. No one has an ultimate authority. Some people are experts. Some people have immense life experience. Some people have put in the work and know what they are talking about. But it is up to you, dear reader, to figure out who is who and which is which. And you can totally do that. Just take a deep breath. Take a little extra time and read. So for this studio this week, I would like you to focus on your reading habits and try to be as honest as you can. Uh, in the submission box, if you could please describe for me how you engage with critical reading on a daily basis in your real life. Uh, what sorts of things do you read? Uh, what sorts of questions do you ask when you read those things? Where do you go to get your information? Um, and what does that whole process look like? Uh, so I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on that. If you want to submit maybe a couple of paragraphs to the assignment this week, that would be great. And um, I can't wait to read those things. Always makes me smile to hear that song